0: Hey, thanks for tuning into our podcast today. My name is Derek Puckett. I'm the lead pastor at Renewal Church of Chicago. If you want to know more information about us, you can head to our website at RenewalChicago.com. I pray today that this message is a blessing and an encouragement to your soul. Today, I want to preach on the topic, the enduring belief. And we're going to talk about the endurance of our faith and how we find true rest in God. The endurance of our faith and how we find true rest in God. I have three points for us today. Number one, our deliverance. Number two, our development. And number three, our destiny. Our deliverance, our development, and our destiny. In our passage today, the writer of Hebrews is highlighting, after he's highlighted the faithfulness of Moses and and contrasted him to Jesus in the passage before, where he's pointing out the fact that Moses was a faithful servant in the house of God. He says, on the other hand, that Jesus was faithful over the house as a son. He was faithful as the caretaker of the house. Now the house being the people of God that believe that's you and me who put our faith in Jesus Christ. The writer continues today in light of that passage and he warns believers to essentially not be like the people of Israel that were with Moses when they were freed from Egypt. So as you saw in the text last week, we saw this contrast. This week you don't see So much of a contrast, but you see a warning to the people to make sure to endure in their faith. Essentially, the writer is saying, don't give up, but hold on. You see, the people of Israel, they doubted. They did not believe in God, even though they saw all these miracles that God had done on their behalf, like dividing the Red Sea and then walking across on dry land or any of the 10 plagues for that matter. Or maybe they did believe at one point or they said they believe, but as soon as trials and tribulations came their way, oh, they stopped believing again. They simply did not have an enduring belief. So we see here in the passage, this writer, he's, he's calling us to not be like our forefathers, to not harding our hearts to God, but instead to hear God. The voice of God when he calls, he's saying we need to respond by faith, by believing and being saved, but also walk in that same faith, enduring through the development or sanctification that leads to our destiny. The text begins with the word therefore, which means for that reason or consequently, which points to us as readers to the, to the verse beforehand. The verse beforehand, it's verse six, where where the, where the writer says that we need to hold fast to our confidence and boasting in our hope in Christ Jesus. We see that in verse six of the text. And as I explained last week, what's really going on here is the writer is trying to let us know that Jesus has done all the work on our behalf. We don't have to work for our salvation. We're not saved based off of our own works or what we bring to the table or our performance or how good we are or how bad we are, but we're saved by grace through faith in the person and work of Jesus Christ. So when we hear that, when a believer hears this truth, when we read passages like that from that of last week, the the people of God, what they hear when they hear that they're able to walk in a certain type of freedom, you're able to walk in a certain type of confidence because now your affirmation, watch this, your approval, your success, your fulfillment is not up to you, it's not up to what you bring to the table, but it's solely based off of Jesus's work on your behalf. So therefore, the believer can hold fast with confidence in a faithful savior who has been faithful since the beginning of a time who is faithful today and will be faithful over the house long after we're dead and gone. We can hold fast. But see, herein lies the problem if we're honest. Because even with all that we've talked about throughout the book of Hebrews, all that we've walked through in this, these passages and pointing out the supremacy of Jesus and his love and kindness towards the church, toward the believers. The reality is, is that many of us, if not all of us, we still go through trials and tribulations on a day to day basis. Y'all just missed your amen. I, I know I'm not the only one that goes through stuff on a day to day basis. And see, because we go through trials, because we go through tribulations, we have issues, there there, there is this constant nagging, if you may, this constant tugging at our faith muscles as believers, because there's a part of us, if we're honest, when we came to Jesus Christ and we put our faith in Jesus Christ, there was a part of us that really believed that we instantly, things would instantly got better. I know Jesus, it should be better. at least should be better than what it was before I came to him, right? I know y'all not saying amen because that's y'all. That's where I know I just stepped into someone's kitchen with that one. And see, this is where our belief becomes extremely problematic. Becomes problematic because we don't understand what our faith walk or our relationship with God is really supposed to be like. Many of us, when I mentioned the three points today, when I said deliverance, development and, and destiny, y'all, y'all were like, I, I get the deliverance piece and the destiny part, uh, the development piece. Pastor, you keep that to yourself. I, I don't need to go through trials. I, I don't need to go through these tribulations. I just, want, I just want to get to my destiny. I gave my life to Jesus. I, I don't want to go through a process. I, I like how Tony Evans says, he says, we want deliverance straight to destiny. And the truth of the matter is it doesn't happen that way. I mean, if you look at how Jesus came into this world and his life on earth and even the time period that he was in the Jews at the time, they were under harsh Roman persecution. They're they're being persecuted and they're looking to the Messiah to come and free them from this persecution. They want freedom from under Roman rule. But on the other hand, Jesus is coming in here not to free them from Roman rule, but he he through their belief, he's freeing them and keeping them from the eternal damnation that we deserve being sinners. So, so hear me, sinners saved by grace. That's who we are. We're, we're sinners, but, but when we believe in Jesus, now instead of eternal damnation, we have, eternal, we have eternity with him in heaven. That, that, that's good news. So through the grace and work of Jesus Christ, his sacrifice on our behalf, our belief, we experience heaven. That's our new eternal destination. But now notice I didn't say... That through our belief, we get to skip over all the problems of life like a Monopoly game. That we just get to skip over the trials and tribulations and we we get to go straight to destiny. We're delivered straight to destiny. No, I didn't say that. See, this is why Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, I love this, verse 14, he says this. Look at these words. He says, I press on toward. He didn't say I skip over He didn't say it's easy, so I keep going toward He said, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He's saying, I got to press on because it's tough out here. I'm going through some stuff. I'm going to press on towards Jesus because here it is. When we place our faith in Jesus, there ain't no time portal. There's no teleportation device that gets us from deliverance straight to destiny, from salvation straight to destiny. No, no, no. We don't just go from deliverance straight to heaven and tip over all the problems. But instead, like Pastor Steve said, when he's preaching through chapter two of our text or, or Paul is getting at here in Philippians three, he says, Jesus. Here's the reality. Jesus was a man that was acquainted with sorrow. He was acquainted with grief. And here's the good news about that. When we're going through our grief, when we're going through our sorrows, when we're going through our pain, we serve a faithful God who has already walked through all of those sorrows and pain. So watch this. What's really happening is that we're becoming more and more like him, thus taking us toward our destiny. Don't miss that. I got one clap. Thank you, Mama Roper. See, many of us heard deliverance or salvation in Jesus, and we instantly thought destiny or freedom. Not realizing that we're going to have to go through some stuff here on this side of having some pain and some trials. See, our walk with Jesus, it doesn't end with placing our faith in his death, burial and resurrection. That's just the beginning. See, this belief in him, it promises us an eternal destination, which we look forward to. We look forward to being in heaven with him. But how many of us know that after you give your life to Jesus, there's still life to be lived after that? See, here's the reality. Many of us, after we gave our life to Christ, it actually got harder. For several different reasons, you gave your life to Jesus and now he gives you a different eyesight. You get to see your temptations. You get to see your pain. You get to see all this mess that you're in. You get to see sin, which you didn't really see before. So now you're seeing this. and You're like, oh, I'm so jacked up. My heart is so messed up. Or, or, or maybe you're now experiencing some, some of the consequences of when you actually live this life before Jesus. Or or maybe it's not any of that. Maybe you're just in a place where God may have you in a wilderness and you may be going through some stuff. And here's the reality. He just has you there because he's prepping you or preparing you for where he's trying to take you. Regardless, we all got to go through some stuff see, when you look back at the text, the writer, I love this, he says, therefore, when he begins, but right after he says that, he begins by quoting Psalm 95. And I love how he begins when he's writing this. He begins with saying, the Holy Spirit says, which now gives credence or authority to the words that are about to follow. The Psalm, look at it with me. It says these words, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. On the day of testing in the wilderness where your fathers put me to the test and they saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was provoked with that generation and said, they always go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways as I swore in my wrath. They shall not enter my rest. He says, don't be like your forefathers. Family, all my Bible thumpers know in here. That the nation of Israel, they saw many works done by God. He did so many miracles in their midst, but yet they continually turned their backs to God. I mean, you read through the first five books of the Old Testament. And look at all God went through and all he did for the nation of Israel. And they continue to turn their backs. They saw God do so many miracles, go to great lengths to save them and get them out of Egyptian captivity. Ten different plagues split it in the Red Sea. When they're hungry, he gives them food or bread from heaven. When they're thirsty, they get water from rocks. They get fire at night to, to guide them and keep them. and They get a cloud by day to guide them. And that's just some of the things that God did. But yet, in all of that, the nation of Israel, they're sitting there grumbling in the background like, man, at least when we was back in Egypt, I know we was in slavery, but at least we had a house and we had food. Y'all, these people want to go back to slavery. That's how much they doubted God. Even with all the miracles, they're like, I'm dreaming about slavery. (laughs) It makes sense. But see, the people of Israel, here it is. They wanted the land of milk and honey. They wanted the land of milk and honey without the endurance of their faith and the development to get there. They they wanted deliverance straight to destiny. They wanted salvation straight to destiny. And it does not work like that. Hear me, family. You can't get to your destiny without endurance. You can't win a race without training. Friends, what I'm trying to get at is that trusting God by faith, it isn't a one-stop shop where I trust him by faith and it's all over. No, it's an everyday kind of like breathing thing where you breathe in the truths of God, oh, he loves me, and you breathe out all the things about how you thought you were loved by other people and then approved by other people. Now you... Breathe in his goodness, and he's a good, good father, and you breathe out the fact that you were trusting in all these other things. God, I'm so sorry, this and that. But then you breathe in his acceptance and his approval and his affirmation, and then you you raise your hands when you breathe out and say, thank you, God, for all that you've done in my life. It's an everyday kind of like breathing thing. Trusting God by faith. And See, here's the reality. Just like the writer here uses Psalm 95 to speak to the reader back then, I really believe that this text correlates to where we are today because many of us are sitting in this same spot. God, why is my life so hard? God, I feel like I've been at this place in my life for a long time, God. When am I going to get out of this place, God? God, God. when am I going to get married? God, God, God when, when, when am I going to get that job that, I, that I've always wanted, God? I'm still waiting on children, God. I, I know you got plans for me. You want to do great things in my life, God, but I'm still sitting here. Hear me, family, the journey for the Israelites to get to the promised land was truly an 11-day journey, but it took them 40 years because of their unbelief. Family, sometimes in life, things may not come that fast, and we got to sit. We have to sit in some hard places for a while, and we have to learn to trust God. The Lord. Again, some of these places, they're, they're self-inflicted. Some of these places, they're not. They just, God has us in a space. And, and, and here's the harder truth. And hear me, I, I don't mean to be grim with this at all. But, but for some of us, that destiny, that place we're looking to, that, that place of milk and honey, it's not going to come on this side of heaven. It may not come until we meet God face to face. Hear me, me, Moses did not get to the promised land. He served faithfully with a grumbling people for 40 years, and he didn't get to go to the actual land that he was taking them to. Friends, here's the question. It's a tough question, but here it is. If I don't see this so-called place of destiny, my my so-called arrival point in life, if I don't actually get there here on this earth, is Jesus enough? Can I and will I still serve him faithfully? And don't hear me just throwing this out there like I got it all together. That's not it. Just this week, I I was sitting with my wife, Kayla, who was in the back, and I'm I'm telling her, I'm done with this pandemic. I'm done with this pandemic. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of what's going on around this world. I'm ready to go see my daddy in heaven. I'm done. And, and, And don't hear me saying I was giving up on life, but if we can be real for a moment, sometimes days are like that. You're just like, I'm through. I'm done with this. I mean, when you, when you, because here's the reality, and some people, we, we don't think about this because this, the, the life, life is not really easy. It's not easy, and especially for the Christian, we live in this constant state of the now and the not yet, which means that we will experience some of the fruit that God has for us here, but much of that fruit won't be until we meet him face to face in heaven. And so some days, if I'm really honest with you, maybe even most days, they're going to be sad. They're going to be depressed, and there are going to be things around us that, that just that make us sad as Christians. I mean, when you look at the world around you, and you see the state of confusion in all of our world, when you see the crime rate, when you see murder rate, when you when you see everything we can touch with our hands, we've made a god in our lives. Our phones, our money, everything in our lives, we're starting to worship our sex, our, 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 all of these things. We're saying, This is God, this is who I am. We're starting to identify with all these things instead of being a child of God, instead of worshiping Him. When you start taking all of that in, and here's the other side in a pandemic, you got all of that at the tip of your fingertips in your phone. So you're scrolling through your timeline, you're looking at all the world news and everything that's coming across, and you're taking all this knowledge in. And you know what's happening? It's bringing sadness. Overwhelmed by all of it. And some days you're like, I just want to be done with this. I'm ready to see Jesus. I'm done with this. But hear me. The writer here in this text. What he's trying to do is tell us, hold on. Hold on. Because here's the truth. If we're still here and we're still breathing, that means that God is not done with you yet. There is more work for you to do. But we have to ask the question, if I'm still here, if I'm still living, is it going to be for my will or will it be God's will? Because if we're honest, many times we got our life picked out. This is what I want to do. This is where I want to do. This is how I want to work, and I need God to get with me. I was there. I had my life all picked out, y'all. I was, going, I was a direct admitting to the business school at Kelly School of Business at Indian University. I'm going to get my master's degree. I'm a scholarship athlete. I'm going to play cornerback, and I'm going to be a football player. So I'm going to graduate from school, and I'm going to be an NFL player. I'm going to have my business degree, and I'm going to make all this money. <laughs> God had a different plan, y'all. Because I'm a pastor, and y'all might not know, a pastor don't make a whole lot of money. Y'all can laugh. It's okay. It's reality. <laughs> sometimes you got your life picked out, and God has a different plan. And, and, and hear me. Sometimes that's tough. It's tough to sit in that place. But friends, unless we submit to the will of God, don't miss this, unless we submit to the will of God and we sit in the places we are right now, not tomorrow, but the text says today, remember that word? The text says today, unless we're able to sit and and hear the voice of God being diligent where we are right now, not looking to the promised land, not looking to this so-called land of milk and honey, but sit right here. If we don't do that, then we'll miss what God has for us. We'll miss it. If we don't submit, saying, God, I trust you every day and believe you know what's best for me, we may not ever see destiny or the place He wants to take us. We'll miss what He has. You can't skip from salvation over here to destiny. It doesn't work like that. God has to work on you. Turn to your neighbor and say, God has to work on you. Black church exercise. Y'all gonna get this. Turn the other way. Even if you got a shout across the aisle and say, God has to work on you, He's got to work on you. Now, I know some of us, you're sitting in here and you're saying, Well, Pastor, I've been sitting. I'm sitting, I'm waiting. But God ain't moving. Hear me. One thing is that it may, it may take some time. But the other question we have to answer in the midst of that and him working is what are we doing in the meantime? Verse 12 and 13 of the text, it says, look at it. Take care, brothers, lest there be any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day as long as it's called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. The writer says, take care in verse 12. And the emphasis here is, watch this, is to be careful on an individual level to make sure you stay diligent in your walk, believing in Jesus so there is this individual emphasis here in the text on the believer, where you, you've heard me talk about this before, where we have to stay diligent reading our word and making sure we spend time with God, slowing down every day, spending time in the word, reading it, and praying unceasingly, not just for yourself, but for the world and for the church. We want to see God's kingdom here on earth. So praying unceasingly that there is this importance on the believer individually to be intentional and walk with God every day. Not just when you come to church and not just when you are in your small group, not just when I say you need to do something as a Christian. No, we have to love God for ourselves. I can't love Jesus for you. I can't walk with Jesus for you. I can't keep you from sinning. I can't make you come to church. Nobody can do that for you. We have to take responsibility for our own Christian walk with Jesus. So hear me. There's an individual aspect in the text on the believer in terms of the believer's development. But when you read verse 13, I believe there's something that's very pertinent and important for us today, especially coming out of this pandemic. Verse 13 speaks to the importance of community. Say community. Everyone say community. Hear me. Believers were not made to walk through this life alone. Believers were not made to walk through this life alone. In fact, not just believers, but people were not made to walk through this life alone. We were all made in the image of God where he's triune, which means that he existed in community, which he formed and shaped you for community. We were not made to walk through this life alone. So the text says, but exhort one another every day as long as it's called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Friends, this is why the church is so important. This is why fellowship is so important. This is why presence matters. I'm going to say something, and I'm probably going to step on some of your your toes a little bit with this one, especially y'all that are online, but hear me. You cannot be present with people if you're purely doing church online. Ouch, I know. You cannot be present with people if you're purely doing church online. Now, I know stuff happens and there's still fear circulating and you got to get that right with God. And there's things that still exist. But as things open and more people get vaccinated, we need to come on out. We need to fellowship with one another. Renewal Summer, as Pastor Steve mentioned earlier, is coming out and we're going to have events all over the city outside and we're going to do life together. People haven't seen each other in over a year and new people that have been here. And, and we need to see each other. We need to come on out. You don't want to miss it. And hear me, hear me, hear me. Even if you're not ready for all that, maybe some of y'all here, this is your first Sunday out and you're like, I don't know, Pastor Steve, I'm not really ready for that. Hear me. If you're not zooming it up, like your Zoom account is like full capacity because you can't Zoom anymore or if you're not on phone calls with brothers and sisters who can, who, can, who, can, who can urge you to look more to Jesus where they love Jesus more than you, which means that they're going to push you towards Jesus. If you're not on those phone calls, if you're not Zooming it up with people and fellowshipping with them, then I can almost bet you are missing what God has for you in this season. Now, please don't hear me say I'm not trying to force you to come out in the middle of a pandemic. That's not what I'm saying here. But I do want you to hear me saying being out of community as a believer is not an option. Community is not optional for the believer. Church hopping online as your 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 method of church and listening to your best preacher every Sunday is not an option. Not being plugged in and just listening to him, my favorite preacher is not an option. Hear me. Hear me. I'm going to say something. If you don't like my preaching and you're not fond of Pastor Steve's preaching, this ain't the church for you, then let me help you find a church. I-, I want you to be in a place where you can love and you can plug into it. And if they're not meeting every week in person or they're not together, then-, then send them an email. Figure out how you can get involved. We'll help you get the email. Family, I'm not trying to be mean. That's not what I'm trying to do. But there are so many of us out here that are struggling and we're depressed. We can't tell up from down in our life. And when I look at your community, all I see is your Facebook page and your Instagram account. And that's your community. You got a thousand followers on, on both of them. And just because somebody likes your photo, that ain't community. Half of them you never met and they cannot be fully present with you see, the lie that social media, and I'm not railing them because i got to counsel on all of them, but here's the reality. The lie that they give us is, is that people are actually present with us, and they like us, and now we're looking for our affirmation there, and the reality is that they can never be what people can be to you. It gives you the facade of community. And, and, and we need people to cry with us. We need people to share in our emotions. We need people to struggle with us. We need people to love on us and challenge us and, most of all, push us towards Jesus. Friends, some of you all know this, but me and Pastor Steve, we've been rolling for a long time. He's not just a friend of mine. We're we're like brothers, we didn't have brothers growing up, so we were literally like brothers. I've known him since I was 12 years old, and we look out for one another. We seen the good, the bad, and the ugly in each other's lives. When I, when I came to know Jesus, he came down to, to my college dorm and stayed with us, and I, I heard him talking about how he was ready to just be done with life and give up on life and I just rolled over and I told him about the love I have for Christ and what Jesus is doing in my life and how he saved me and how I can just, I'm on fire for Jesus. And that brother got saved that weekend. When I was trying to stay pure in marriage or before marriage with Kaylee, you know who the third wheel on our dates were? Steve. Thank you, brother. We're here because of you, dog. When I and both and him were going through daddy issues, his dad passed away when he was young. My dad, I didn't grow up in the household with a father. When we had those different issues, you know who we spoke to? Each other. You know who was at the hospital when my firstborn, Ramiah, was born? Steve. When I went to Memphis to get my master's divinity. A free degree, I was going to go to this, this church and do a residency and get my free degree while he was driving 200 plus miles every week to go get his degree that he was paying for. I hopped on the phone and said, bro, you need to come on down here, get this free degree and be a part of this. He was down there that summer. When we dreamed of planning this church, my wife and I, you know who we dreamed with? Steve. When his mother passed away a couple years ago, I just got done preaching a message here, a couple messages, and his fiance at the time, she didn't know me that well. You know who she called? Me. And I sped over there, and we hugged, and we cried together. We've stood in each other's weddings. We've just been there for each other, and we still talk to each other every day because that's what brothers do. That's what community does. And I know you're sitting there and you're saying, well, Pastor, I don't have that relationship. I don't have friends like that. Hear me. I need you to hear me again. That is what the church is for. That's what the church is for believers all of us in this place we're on the road trying to get to jesus we're working through all the trials and all these things that are going through in our lives all these things ups and downs and struggles on a day-to-day basis and hear me i can almost bet you that there is somebody here sitting in this service right now that can relate or resonate with your story but hear me you may never know because you're not plugged in Can I challenge you a bit? Stop just filling a seat on Sunday morning. Stop just jumping online for church. Plug in. Plug in. The text says in verse 14 that for we, it doesn't say for you or I, it's for we have come to share in Christ. If we indeed hold our original confidence firm to the end, hear me again, you were not made to endure this Christian walk alone. We need each other. One of the primary purposes of the church, the local church, is to create an environment in which believers can help each other persevere. So let me help you out. I need you to think about that step you need to take individually. For some of us, that's saying, Jesus, I need you for the first time. I give my life to you. I love you, Jesus. Thank you for for saving me as a sinner, a sinner saved by grace. I give you all of me. This is the first time you're placing your faith in Jesus. That's the step you need to take. For some of us, we've been at this church for over a year or even before the pandemic. And we need to plug in and become a member of the church. For some of us, we're members and we're not we're not giving financially. We're not serving. We're not we're not we're not in a group. We're not in any of those places. And you need to reconnect. It's time for you to reconnect, recommit to the church. And hear me, as your pastor, I'm going to say it again. If this is not the place for you to do that, then I want to help you find that church for you. I'll give you some suggestions. Hear me, this ain't about renewal church growth. This is about your individual spiritual development. That's way more important to me. So here's what I do. Before I go any further in this message, I'm going to do this. Steve has no idea about this, but if you're in this place and you're in any of those three places, I'm not going to ask you to do anything crazy right now. I just want you to raise your hand. If you're saying, I want to commit to a church, I want to be here, I want to learn more, I want to plug in, don't be afraid. I'm not going to ask you to do nothing. Just raise your hand. Say, this is me. You online, we're dropping links in there too. If that's you, we want to know it's you. We want to plug you into Renewal Church. If that's you, then let us know. Please raise your hand. I see you. I see you. All I want you to do is raise your hand. And if you're too afraid to raise your hand right now, what I want you to do after service, when we're take, after we take communion, I want you to meet Steve in the hallway. He's going to talk to you about what it means to become more and more connected here, whether that's reconnected, that's committing now to a membership, or that's giving your life to Jesus. We need each other. Now, as we round third and we head home, I know someone in here saying, Pastor, I hear you with all that. (laughs) But but I'm still missing this thing. I I still want to get to my destiny. I still want to get to that place. Well, if you look back at the text really quickly, it speaks of rest. When you look at verses 16 through 19, we see that the passage reiterates the reason why the nation of Israel wasn't able to get into the promised land, after they left with with Moses from Egypt, they weren't able to enter this space because of their unbelief. Family, hear me. The lie that believers, Christians believe, because it's fed to us on a day-to-day basis, is that you can have your best life now. The lie we believe is that you can have your best life now. And that couldn't be further from the truth. Christians will not experience their best life until they get to heaven. No sin, no temptation, no pain, no corruption. We ain't going to get that on this side of heaven. I know that's tough, but hear me, all pales in comparison to heaven. But hear me, that does not mean that we cannot experience some of God's destiny for us here on earth. What am I saying? Remember, I talked about the Christian living in this place of now and not yet, this tension of living in the now and the not yet. This means that there is an eternal destiny, which is heaven for the believer, and we look forward to it. But there is an earthly destiny, too. But, but, but hear me. We're only able to experience this destiny or rest, as the text says, when we find every ounce of our satisfaction in Jesus. Or else what's going to happen is we'll simply never experience his fullness now. We'll spend 40 years in our parenthetical wilderness and never make it to the promised land. We only begin to experience our destiny here on this earth when we take our hand off the throttle of life, take our hands off the wheel and say, Jesus, you take the wheel you drive. And I know some of you are saying, well, Pastor D, that's, that, I'm, I'm, that's kind of scary. I, I, I don't know if I let go of the will totally. I don't know if God is truly that faithful. I, I mean, I, I know there's got to be something that he wants me to do in this thing. I, I know he needs me. And the reality is he, he, he does want you to do something. He wants you to be faithful. He wants you to follow him. Almost every person God has used in the Bible, hear me, had to wait for God to move To get them to their destiny. Abraham had to wait till he was over 100 years old to have a baby that God promised him. Joseph had a dream that he would rule over his brothers and he had to wait 14 to 15 years from the actual dream. Go through all this persecution, being in prison until he would actually get to the place where the dream became realized. Moses served faithfully a grumbling people, Moses in the text, for 40 years and didn't get to see the promised land. David was anointed king, and guess what? He had to wait 15 years before he could become the king. And you know what he was doing in the process of those 15 years? He's running for his life because Saul was trying to kill him. And if that's not enough, Jesus in the flesh, God in the flesh, he served in obscurity until the age of 30. And then he had a three year ministry before he was killed. Family, what I'm trying to get to you and get across is the fact that this rest, this this place of destiny that we're seeking is less about what is to come. It's less about some place. It's less about this arrival point, but it's more about the journey. It's more about the journey because it's in the journey that we learn to trust God, and that's where we find rest. Family, hear me. Rest is found in us finding all we need and ever wanted in knowing Christ. Paul writes this in all of his letters. It's to know Christ. It's not me who live, but it's Christ who live within me. Hear me, rest in our identity. It's not a place or something, but it's found in a person, and his name is Jesus. So my friend, believe today. But not only today, believe tomorrow and every second and every hour and every minute of the day. And experience God's rest. And, and hear me that that doesn't come apart from trial and tribulation. They will come, but if you hold on to your confidence in Jesus, you will experience God's rest. Again, our, our rest, our identity, our destiny is found in Jesus. It's found in an enduring belief in Jesus. And my friend, when you when you trust in Jesus, when you find your rest in Jesus, you start to experience your burdens being a little lighter. Yes, you start to feel your pressures being lessened. You know why? Because you're no longer putting all your faith or confidence in yourself. But you're now putting your confidence in an almighty savior. It's only in trust in Jesus that we begin to smell the roses in a life filled with trials. It's only in an enduring belief in Jesus that we experience his rest Amen let's pray Father God we thank you God for all the work that you've done on our behalf we thank you God for your love your mercy and your grace we thank you that we find our rest in you we thank you God that you're a forgiving and gracious God, that you're a father who loves us not for what we do or what we bring to the table, but you're a father that loves us based off of the personal work of your son. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done. Thank you for the church, God, where we can find people, brothers and sisters to walk alongside us, that can resonate and relate with our story. And God, I pray if there are folks in here that are in any of those places, whether they're giving their life to you, they're committing to the church or they're recommitting in their values, God, that they would know there's grace at the foot of the cross and that you're not looking down on them, but you're congratulating and saying thank you and that you're happy that they're coming home. Father, let us be found in you. Because all we need is you Jesus. Let that be our soul and our heart's desire. is to be more and more like you and to fall deeper and deeper in love with you on a day-to-day basis. We love you. We thank you. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus that we all said together. Amen. Amen.